Good Monday morning and welcome to Sunday on Monday. I don't know, maybe it's becoming a thing uh, with baseball season kind of in full swing. Uh, we're we're kind of uh, off off kilter a little bit, and um, so wanted to uh, make sure that we still take some time uh, to uh, get in the scriptures a little bit together, and you know. Uh, get us get us thinking about some things. So uh, before we before we dive in, I just want to let you know that this live stream will also be made available on my podcast. And uh, so the best thing to do is go ahead and get yourself to DanielMrose.com, subscribe to uh, Love Well there, and the podcast will be dropped into your uh, inbox when it publishes. Uh, along with everything that I write, and so would love for you to uh, give us give us a subscribe. Uh, you can also find this uh, archive of this video uh, at YouTube.com/slash Daniel Rose, and uh, it also goes live there. So if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, you'll you'll get notified of of that happening. Um, and follow me on Twitter if you want to continue the conversation. You can follow me at Daniel M. Rose. Finally, uh, when it comes to uh, spending time in the scriptures and that kind of thing, it's always best done in community. Um, this, this idea of uh, one guy or one gal given some sort of monologue, um, it, it's, it's good, right? The foolishness of preaching is, is important. It's, a, it's an important thing. Uh, but there's always been a communal aspect to uh, to getting around the scriptures and learning from one another and hearing each other's uh, perspectives. I think this is why Paul talks about uh, you know mutually encouraging one another in the faith. So uh, so get out to a missional community. Uh, we are in our summer schedule, uh, and so this is a great time to connect. Uh, for for people who have been thinking about uh, maybe maybe trying it out, um, what we do is we gather uh, for cookouts all summer long and and we spend time together. We're just present with one another and uh, and so I'd encourage you to get out. Uh, you'll find details uh, to to all those uh, at acts13.net/events. Each week it's at a different location, so make sure. You check that out, uh, or you can you can kind of find out where we'll we'll make sure that we post the link to this to this page uh, every week on uh, the X13 Network Facebook page. So, uh, yeah, I think I think those are kind of the big big announcements. Uh, so we are starting a new series uh, here in uh, in the summer months, inspired by uh, my sister-in-law. And brother who said, man, you know, we want to go kind of beyond Sunday school and, and kind of know more about the Bible uh, so that we can kind of move past, you know, Noah and the ark and, um, you know, just, just kind of the veggie tale stories. So, so what, where do we do? What do we, you know, how do we, how do we do this? And, and so that really is, is kind of inspired uh, the summer series and who knows how long it'll go. It, it, it's probably, this may extend uh, indefinitely. 
as we spend more and more time trying to go beyond Sunday school. So, uh, so I hope that you will hope that you'll like this. I hope you'll find it helpful. And uh, in this this series, more than anything, more than any other one I think I've ever done, I could really use your uh, input. I'd love to know uh, what questions you have. Are there passages in Scripture where you're just like, man, I really don't get this? And maybe we can explore those together and try to apply some of the uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about over the coming weeks together as we go beyond Sunday school. Uh, so, uh, so this morning, though, what I want to do is I just want to spend some time talking about the Scriptures, talking about the Bible. What is it? And uh, you know, why do I why do I think it is it's important? I mean, I've I've given my life to to studying the scriptures, teaching the scriptures, helping people understand uh, the Bible, and so uh, so why why would I do that? Uh, what you know, kind of what what are we dealing with here? What are we looking at? Uh, what what is this thing that is in front of us? So so let me pray, and and we will turn our attention. Uh, to today's passage, which is Second uh, Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, Heavenly Father, thanks for this morning. I pray that you would meet with us, and uh, and that as you do, we might be changed a little bit and not just learn more stuff. Pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, so Second uh, Timothy three sixteen and seventeen uh, says, "All Scripture is God breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness." So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh, this, uh, this is, th- this is kind of right here in the in the midst of Paul's uh, final charge to Timothy. Paul was coming to the end of his life. He knew that his life was ending, and Timothy was one of his disciples. He was one of the one of the people uh, who Paul had had poured his life into. Uh, over the course of his ministry, Timothy had traveled with Paul. Timothy was uh, somebody who was who was deeply trusted by Paul, and and so as as Paul is is coming to the end, he is charging Timothy. He is giving giving Timothy uh, kind of these these final instructions. And so uh, a little bit earlier here uh, in, in chapter three, uh, Paul reminds Timothy of who he is. He encourages him to continue in what he's learned and what he's become convinced of. Um, and in the importance of the Holy Scriptures, he says, uh, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That's verse 15. Uh, and then you get to this. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that every servant, so that servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, and then he goes on to, to go through uh, this, this specific charge. So what is, what is Paul talking about here, right? Um, well, the scriptures to Paul were primarily, well, were the Old Testament. And, or what we call the Old Testament. Um, now we've, you know, over the course of Christian history, We've expanded our understanding of the scriptures to include all 66 books of the Old and New Testaments, right? So you had 
39 Old Testament books, 27 New Testament books. And uh, in these, these form what we call the scriptures or the canon. And, uh, and so, uh, so what do we find here? Well, the Bible is, it's, it's one, it's, it's really kind of one coherent story. Um, and we see, we see the story progress from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. And, uh, and so a lot of, a lot of uh, scholars, um, a lot of people who, who read the Bible or, or study the Bible uh, seriously, we call it progressive revelation. And, and what that means is the understanding of, of who God is, what God was at work doing in the world, and, and in the lives of His people was revealed over time in history. So the Bible... The Bible is multiple books uh, written over a course of a long period of time through many generations, many points in history, and and it and it shows us and it reveals to us uh, the people of God's understanding of who God is and what He's doing over time, and so it's it's a book that's placed, right? Um, it's it's placed in it's placed in time. So, so these, it's important as we spend time reading the Bible, studying the Bible, uh, trying to understand uh, what, when, when was, when was this particular thing written? Um, so the Bible, the Bible is placed in time. It's, it's placed in history. It's a historical text. It's not, you know, it's, it's not like, um, you know, Aesop's fables or something along those lines, right? It is, it's, it's a historical text written to specific people, specific times, specific places. So along with time, along with historical setting, the Bible is also a book that's placed uh, in location. We have to understand that as well. We have to understand that, that the Bible written is, is this collection of works written in a specific time at a specific place. And each, each book, uh, each book that we find in the scriptures, uh, you know, were written, uh, oftentimes written to different, different locations. And, and as we understand these locations, and as we understand the time, it helps give meaning to what is happening here, what's happening in, in the Bible itself. I think... And so I think what we need to understand is, is that while there's a coherent story, while there's a story that progresses from Genesis to Revelation, uh, it, the Bible in many ways is like a library, right? Each book uh, is, is its, own, its own thing. And, and we have to, if we want to go beyond Sunday school, if we want to go beyond just Picking and choosing, plucking uh, stories here and there uh, out of out of the Bible to try to make them into some sort of, you know, um, tales that that give us, uh, you know, that, that are kind of like fables. We we have to understand that that these things were written with purpose. They were written with a point. Um, we also have to understand that that when they were written. Uh, they weren't written in 
2020, right? Um, and so, so when when we start looking at how historical texts were written in the Bible, we have to compare them to to historical texts of their own time. We have to hold them to the same kinds of uh, same kind of accountability as we do other ancient texts. The Bible is an ancient text. The newest thing we have uh, in the Bible is, is, a, you know, is close to 2,000 years old. Let that sink in for a minute. The newest, the newest piece of writing in the Bible is somewhere close to 2,000 years old. That's a long time. That is a really long time. This, this library of texts has endured for, for a long time. And, and so it gives, it's, it's one of these, these kinds of things that, that while it has uh, timeless truths, because let's, let's be very clear, the Bible has, has timeless truths, things that apply to us today. As we read and we study, we're able to see uh, how, how, these, how these texts so clearly apply to today's day and age. Why? Well, because the human story isn't really all that different now as it was then. Sure, we have more technology. Maybe we have more knowledge about some things. Uh, science has developed, right? Our technology has developed. Our um, our ability to have information at our fingertips, and you know, in in a very real sense, we are closer together. Um, you know, we know more about uh, one another around the world than the authors of the scriptures did. But the human condition, the human story, it's still the same. It's still the same. And so, you know, as we, as we look at this Bible, as we, as we look at the scriptures, as we look at this, this library, what we come face to face with is the human story. As, you know, the Bible ultimately is, is, is God's story. It's, it's, what, it's what God is doing, at work doing in the world. It is, it is this story, this, this revealing of who God is. It's this restoring of God's nature. This, this restoring of God's nature. It's this telling of the story of God's nature. It is, it, is, it is God explaining to us and revealing to us through people who He is and what He's, what he's doing in this world. But it's in the context of the human story. It is in context of the human condition. And so, you know, as, as we read these stories, as we read these texts, as we read uh, the history, the poetry, the prophecy, um, the, the different, the, the various genres that are, that are floating throughout this, this Bible, um, we, ha- we have to understand that that we are going to see humanity reflected in this book in this in this library of texts because here's the thing the bible didn't drop out of the sky one day right it is it is not like we we don't 
when we start spending time with, with the Bible and start trying to learn it and understand it, we don't treat it as something that, that just, boom, fell out of heaven and landed on somebody's desk one day in the, in the 1950s. You know, that's, that's not, that's not what's, what's going on here. You have, you have in history people who are writing, people who are interacting and engaging with the divine, and they're writing that story down. They're trying to make sense of the world around them. And they see, they see the hand of the divine everywhere. And so they're, they're at work trying to figure this out. They're at work telling the story. And as they tell the story, it, it grows. It develops because they know, they know more about, about who this God is. And they grow in their depth of understanding. And as, as the scriptures go on, as the story goes on, it becomes more and more clear that it's pushing, it's pushing towards a climax. It's pushing towards this moment where something dramatic is going to happen, where something, something is going to take place that will make it so that all the world can be reconciled. Because what becomes very, very clear very early on in the story of, of humanity, in the story of humanity interacting with the divine, interacting with God, is that, is that people and God are on two different pages, that they are separated, that there is this, this distinction between them, that there is something that is, that is making it hard for them to come together. And that, and that break of relationship, that break of relationship happens between man and God, humanity and God, and humanity with one another. And what we need is we need a reconciliation. We need something to bring us back, to make us whole, to make us right, right with God, right with one another, right with the whole creation. There's something going on in people from the earliest days. I mean, we see this across all human cultures, this idea, this sense of, of, of broken, of broken relationship, of separation, of of a distinction between people. And what we need is a reconciliation. And this is, the, the scriptures tell the story. And they, they unveil this over time. And we get to, you know, we get to this point in Paul, in Paul's ministry as he's coming to the end of his life, uh, as one who, who, has, who has chronicled, um, you know, who's chronicled the story of, of God and His people through His writings, through His letters, we see, we see the the reflection of the story of reconciliation, and, and what we find is that, is that this climactic moment, is is what took place on Calvary. This climactic moment, is is Jesus, who who came and died on a cross and rose again. This is the climactic moment. This is the moment, where, where where history. History is split where, um, where reconciliation finally takes place. The divine setting aside uh, rights, setting aside self. Uh, the divine showing us, God showing us what it looks like to, to reconcile. And, it, and it's through self-sacrifice. It's through offering oneself and giving oneself. And, and that, that's what he did. This is what God has done. God has, in Christ, has set things right through self-sacrifice. And that happened on the cross. 
And, and Paul, tells, Paul tells the story of this, as do the gospel writers. And, and we, see this, we see this climactic moment. And now Paul is, is handing off his ministry here, and he says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, that so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right, so here we are, we're in the falling action of the story. And, and so what, what, what's going on is, as Paul says, now, now what you need to do is you take these scriptures, you take these writings, you take this library, and you understand that it is God-breathed, right? And, and this God-breathed idea connects us all the way back to Genesis, where God breathed His Spirit into into man, into humankind, into Adama, right? Into Adam. Adam being humanity here. God breathed, put his spirit into it. So what we what we see in the scriptures is something God breathed, this life. And and so it's and yet humanity isn't humanity has never been some sort of robot. The scriptures Again, the scriptures aren't something that dropped out of heaven. They're God-breathed. They have life. They, and, so, and so what are, what are they useful for? They're useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. And, and so what are we, what are, if, if they're useful for teaching, what are we learning? We're learning about the divine. We're learning about the interaction between God and man. So, when, so for instance, when we gather uh, when we gather as a community, in our missional communities, we ask we ask five questions. We ask, uh, you know, what do you think is important, or what do you like about this this passage of scripture? We ask, what do you not like, or what don't you understand about this passage? We ask, what do you learn about God? What do you learn about people, and how do you need to respond? Those five questions we ask because what they do is they, they help us to see that, that the scriptures are, are something that, that is an interaction between God and people, right? And so we're learning. We're learning about God. We're learning about ourselves. As we learn about God, we're learning about God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Spirit, the, the Trinity. We see them, we see the Trinity in, in the text, right? We see... We see the divine at work in, in, in the, over the course of human history. We see ourselves reflected in these texts, in these stories. And so we ask these questions so that we can learn. Because God, God is bigger than us. God is outside of us. We are never going to plumb the depths completely of God. We will never fully understand and comprehend God. If we did, then, it, then God is something... That, that we ourselves made. And I know a lot of my friends out there think that God is something that we made, something that we invented to, to make sense of a, of, a, of a world that's bigger than us. And science is, is doing that. And I think, you know, I, I, get, I understand, I understand the, the inclination to think that. Um, but what do we find as we continue to study this, just the creation? We continue to find that we're never coming to the end of it. We're never coming to the end of it. The mystery the mystery is bigger than all of us. And the scriptures, the scriptures help us, help us to dive into the mystery. And so we learn. It says, you know, it's also useful for rebuking. 
What, is, what does that mean? Well, what the scriptures do is, is because they show us God, they show us the ideal. They show us this, this picture of what it means for us to be fully human. This, this picture of, of ones who love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength. Who love our neighbors as ourselves. Who love our enemies. When we look at kind of those three ideas, just those three ideas that we see unfolding throughout the scriptures, uh, we're, we get rebuked. We kind of get this, hmm, I fell short today. I blew it. I didn't love my neighbor as myself. I didn't love my enemy. I didn't love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so we have to take a little bit of rebuke. We have to catch a little bit of this, uh, yeah, I, I fell short today. I'll do better tomorrow. Um, the rebuke is that is that unveiling of, of, of the sickness in us, right? That's, that's what's, that's what's going on. I, you know, and I, and I think that, I think that's one of the things that the scriptures does is, is they, the rebuke is, is what helps us to diagnose, uh, our, our sin sickness. For a long time, I've, I've talked about how, uh, we're broken and, and, I, and I've kind of changed my mind on that. Um, I don't. I don't. I think I, I don't. I don't think I like that word that we're broken. Um, I'm learning more and more that I think really what it is is that we're sin sick. That we we have this we have this illness and we need the great physician to heal us, right? And I think and I think if we can get to this idea of of, of sickness of sin sick. That we can bring that word back, that religious word sin, that none of us like to talk about because it sounds so prudish and so judgy. Um, but if we can understand it um, as an illness, it's an illness where, where, we're, where we're self-centered, where our ego dominates all things, where we are all about ourselves, where we are just scrambling for any scrap of power and wealth and fame. Um, if we can see those things uh, as, as, a, as a sin sickness in the same way that, that we look at cancer uh, as, as a sickness, right? We're in, we're in a pandemic. We, we are understanding virus. We're, people are starting to learn about viruses and, um, and sicknesses in ways that they never thought they would. So, so if we can understand the reality that we are sick and we need a physician. What we understand now is, is I think the scriptures really help us, um, really help us to, uh, to, di- to diagnose the issues that we have, the, the sicknesses that we have that are rooted in sin. Um, and then because of that, because they, are di- they help us diagnose what's going on in us, th- then we can correct we can, we can course correct, right? We can change when, when we become aware of the reality that, oh, yeah, I'm selfish. Oh, I'm mean. Oh, I'm, I envy things. Oh, I'm greedy. Whatever it might be, then we can course correct. And, and we, can, we can use this diagnosis to, to begin to change, 
to, to begin to become a little bit more self-sacrificial, that we can move in this trajectory of, of reconciliation, of moving towards people, of moving towards God, of moving, moving into um, a place of, of loving our neighbor as ourselves, of loving our enemy, of loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, because we now have a roadmap to see where the course correction needs to take place. Um, and it's training in righteousness. The scriptures train us in how to set things right. They show us how. They are this roadmap. Uh, I love the way that Eugene Peterson defines predestination, right? He, he says, hey, predestination, uh, the word predestination uh, in Greek that we see in the scriptures is still used today in places like Greek, the Greek airport. Um, your, your predestination is what you have a ticket for. And so uh, this, this training in righteousness, it shows us the destination. It shows us where we're going, what we're trying, what we're trying to get to, right? How do we set things right? Well, we spend time in scriptures and we learn. We see the map. We see the destination. Oh, okay. We love mercy. We walk humbly with our God. We act justly. These things, these things begin to be a roadmap that help us get to where we're going. They help us, uh, they help us to, to really pursue, um, to pursue righteousness. And then it's, and then it's for a purpose. The scriptures give us a purpose, right? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for what? Every good work. The scriptures begin to be a fuel for us. They kind of begin to inspire us and move us towards, towards reconciliation, towards loving neighbor, loving enemy, loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and what that does is that then translates into a lived life. You see, the scriptures, the scriptures are not really meant to just be studied and read and pondered over in an office or in a dusty, uh, you know, a, a dusty prayer closet. No, the scriptures, the scriptures are to move us, to move us to action, to move us to a lived faith. This is why James talks about, you know, a faith. Our faith needs to be demonstrated by our works, by the way we live. If the scriptures don't move us to action, to lived life, then we haven't understood them. If, if we are not moving towards loving neighbor and loving enemy, which is the demonstration of loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then we have not rightly understood the scriptures. Because the scriptures are our marching orders. The scriptures, the scriptures are the thing that, that we read and then we go act on them. And, and, and this, this, I think, then brings us right back around to this idea that all scripture is God-breathed. Because what happens when God breathes? When God breathes into something, it has life. Well, how do we make a book? How do we make a book live? Well, we get it in us and we take it out into the world. 
We get it in us and we take it out into the world and we live its principles. We live its truth. We demonstrate the grace, the mercy, the love, the truth, the honesty, all of it that we see here in the scriptures. So why do we need to move beyond the Sunday school? We move beyond the Sunday school. We need to move beyond the Sunday school because the scriptures are going to help us to live life to the full. And they are going to help us love well. That's why, that's why I've given my life to studying these. That's why I've given my life to teaching these. That's why, more than anything, I want people to know and understand the scriptures. Because ultimately what they do is they teach us how to love well. They teach us the importance of self-sacrifice. They teach, us, they teach us the importance of loving our neighbor as ourself, of, of loving our enemy, which is all rooted in loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if we can get there, then we will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, what's your takeaway this week? Well, my encouragement to you would be spend some time just reading. Just, just read the scriptures. Uh, one of my, I'll tell you what, one of my favorite books of the Bible um, is Colossians. I'd encourage you to spend some time reading in it. It's short. You can sit down and you can read the whole thing in one sitting in, in 25 minutes. Um, just read it. Let it wash over you. Let it get into you. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful, it is a beautiful little letter. And it's very applicable and it's very real and it's very honest. Um, and I think it will challenge you. I think it will make you think about some things. Um, so that's, that's the first thing. Just spend some time reading in the scriptures this week. But two, uh, ask questions. Do not be afraid to ask questions. Ask questions of the text. Ask, ask away. Please hit me up and let's, let's, let's figure out what questions we need to ask. How do, how do you see us moving beyond the Sunday school? Um, so please send me, send me a private message and, uh, and let's, let's, let's start cataloging some questions that we will work through in this series of Beyond the Sunday School. So uh, until next week, love well, my friends.